Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Hello, this is President Donald Trump, and you're listening to Linsanity with Howard Lindzen. I hate that guy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Linsanity today. Very good friend, old friend, deliverer of the... I brought a gift. You know, if you're going to come on my show, you should bring a gift. What do you call this? The pooter. So the pooter is uh, my new little toy. And so we're gonna be talking about Benzinga, stock market, early days of uh, social leverage. Uh, welcome my friend, Jason Rasnick. All right, everybody, welcome to Lindsay. I have a very good friend in the room. Hello, Jason, Howard. what's your last name? Samson Rasnick. <laughs> hang on, hang on. What'd you have for breakfast? A lot of beans. Jason brought a great toy. This is why Jason and I are good friends. Jason thinks like a child. That's that's how you do it, gentlemen. Can you put corporate logos on this? That's a good idea. Yeah, that is a good. That's how you got your start. The so, golf. That's not how you. We'll get into this. You. This is my interview of oh. you. Chill out. Okay. So you didn't need Adderall. Actually, you need an Ambien to get the pace down on this show. So where'd you get oh this? God, get the, what's the pro, what's this product called? It's called, there's a couple names for it. There's a guy, Jack Vell, on YouTube. He calls it the pooter, and he goes into Walmarts and does it all day. I mean, come on. You got to. That's like my dog farted. Wait, can I just do, can, watch, guys. Just watch. The pooter? Yeah. Dude, that is a, this is a, this is a, this is a nice breaker. At any con- I mean, if you took this to the Taliban. They would if you have brought to this laugh. to Camp David, there'd be peace. Okay. They'd have to laugh. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, we're already off topic. So, yeah. well, this is basically how Linsanity works. This so, okay. we're we're old friends. How did we meet? So, I think it was like 2008, 2007. You were on Twitter. When did you join Twitter? What year? Do you remember? Uh, Andy Swan got me into it. I used to make fun of it. Yeah. Because I would go to the back. I would. I. I was, I was on a just, BlackBerry. I was just going to say this. And I was like tweeting. I went to the bathroom here. I all went to the bathroom the there. And all the VCs who were using Twitter laughed. They were laughing. You talked about your urinary tra- like yeah. peeing all the time. That's what you yeah. talked about. I go. That's all it's good for. And I joined Twitter after you. Like after watching you and Andy Swan, the whole group. Mm-hmm. We, we had our we had our own little tight knit group own back then. Group. I was like nine different names too. I, Phil you, Perlman and I were every CNBC person, the, the, and we would talk about. We would start fights amongst the CNBC people because we owned their domain names and we would talk about bad breath. And yeah, yeah, and, and there was nothing they could do. And we had this yeah. little group. There was not just him. There was like there's other guys, um, uh, Upside Trader. Remember him? Yeah. He, he was all over. At 4 o'clock, he started drinking. Yeah. <laughs> By 6 o'clock, he was he like, no right, yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- we had this group. I almost like wish we could like go back to that group just for like a little bit to experience. So it was like a, yeah. a group of like 100 people. But you tweeted. Todd Stoudemire. Todd Stoudemire, baseball player. Yeah, and that was one of your guys, Arizona yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. So um, – you treated like, hey guys, I, I need to be able to read stock stuff. You were always a stock nut, yeah. and so you needed to read it. And you're like, I need a way to filter stocks, and I need a way to filter. And yours, and so we talked. Actually, I call, I, I go, hey, I have not you know. So we got on the phone, um, but then another, I think Soren or whatever said, hey, maybe the dollar symbol. So he went forward with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that's how we originally met. Yeah, I basically put Stock Twitch's idea out on 
Twitter. Soren answered it. Yes. I think it was Chris Corvo and myself and Soren came I up think with Chris the dollar came sign. later, but maybe. Yeah. He might have come later, but I think it was, the cash tag was his idea, at least the naming of it. Okay. Uh, and I was like, loved it from the minute. No one liked the idea, but cash tag now lives. I think yeah. Square, when you sign into Square now, this fucker, Jack, calls it the cash tag. Like, yeah. I mean, they've stolen. Listen, great company. Between Square and Twitter, they have stolen and misappropriated so much nomenclature from their community. Yep. Uh, it's really fascinating. I'm proud of it. Like, when I, I signed into Square Cash the other day, and I saw, like, get your dollar sign name, and I'm like, Jesus wow. I mean, Christ. That, it was, because I remember you were it's like. like I was having a, because I wasn't upset. I was just like, the guy has, like, no sense of, like, style. Like, forget yeah. style. He has sense of style. No sense of, like, just being a nice, like, just a human being. It's so bizarre. Very serious, like... like we've never had a you word. Ever the, you ever see those shirts? Like, how about, here? like, just, yeah. you know, and I remember when they appropriated the cash tag, it's like, no big deal. Like, we yeah. don't have a patent, you know, yeah. we don't have a trademark. It's, it's just like the, ca the hashtag. And I remember they made some big announcement. The guy's now running Instagram. I was so offended the way they just said, we invented, you know, the cash tag. Oh, the guy tag. who was at Twitter? Was yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was just, you know. I, they thought just, they, I thought they'd get credit because you did filter that noise out. And now, when we when people like at Benzinga write stories, they're using the cash tag. Yeah. Like, they're using the cash It's like. The first one I sent with, I think, was to Fred Wilson. Blackberries at the time it was 2007, and Fred, this is why he's the OG. Uh, he tweeted me back saying, "This is fucking genius." You know, when Fred says something's genius, I don't care about what any other people say. You know, yeah, when your yeah. mentors say yeah. that's genius, and that's even if it leads you down a path of hell, which this has been, yeah. Uh, and hell, and by hell, I mean I'm not rich from it. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm rich in well, terms of fulfillment, but not in terms well, of. Well, you like, talked about that yesterday in this social leverage economy. Your idea, like the one that you work on for the last 10 years, doesn't have to be what make you rich. It could be some of your investments in some of the startups, like a Robinhood or what have you, which yeah. is interesting. So we'll talk about that. Power law. Power law. I'm fascinated by, and again, this is a VC term, by power law. If you put yourself, and you do this all the time because you're a master networker. I mean, master networker, because you're doing it from like a place in the world that nobody's networking, uh, Michigan. But. Um, the idea of power law, there's so many things about power law. You know, stocks used to have power law. If you picked, if you bought Amazon at, because at you thought, or eToys, there was a chance of power law. These were $200 million IPOs. The internet was just starting. And much like uh, private deals, they could go down 90%, but they could still be home runs. The stock market, there's no way the stock market has that anymore. Where because these companies come public at forty billion, Uber's not going to drop ninety percent and then make its comeback. It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's already late stage company. It's such a different market. We have a company in Michigan going public this week called Smile Direct. Have you ever heard of it? Like, I think it's that's a, it's a cool kind of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going public this week at a $10 billion valuation. The, kid, the guys who started it had two other companies that failed. They live right down the street from me. And it's, in what part? In Detroit? Or yeah, in, in Detroit. Two, two guys and uh, father started it. They had yeah. two other companies before that didn't really work out. And then they, they saw this idea, and they just kept building. And But, but there's that retail store that does the basis, too. And that stock was a home run for a while. Invisalign. Oh, so that's in Invisalign. This is Align. different. This is Smile Direct okay. Club. And they do, like, a whole thing. And they have big VCs in that. Um, Maybe GGV. I'm trying to think who they I have in that. I don't know if they do. But. So the so power law is is. And I'm trying. I'm trying to get young people. Young people get it. 
but they don't call it power law. Meaning, use your network to position yourself for a wave. You don't need one wave. You don't need to catch that one wave, right? You know, surfers are always chasing the perfect wave. But in our business, you can't predict which one's going to be the big one. So when you're looking at investments, you like... You're like, okay, is there a good jockey? But you don't know if this is going to be the huge one. You know, like maybe this will give the power law one. Or is it like? Uh, you try as you get more professional, and I use that term loosely. I think you're trying to gauge the founders, see if they have enough. Because I've learned a lot more since I was writing checks willy nilly. Mm-hmm. But you try and sit down with. I founders. joined you on some of those willy nilly ones. Yeah. Remember the ones like very smart guys, very smart guys. You yeah. know, like I don't want to, yeah. So so you try and size it up and go, not just are they great founders, because by Zhu and Vlad, if I look at Todd Davis at LifeLock or, or Mike Lazaro at Buddy Media or by Zhu and Vlad at uh, <coughs> Robinhood or Brad and Jeremy at Customer.com. Or Etoro. Or, good point, or Yoni at Etoro. So those are the big ones. You know, yeah. I'm not going to count. A wag because the founders are gone and the brothers, they were were crazy smart, but like crazy, crazy, it seems like, too. Um, So the ones that I've I've broken out, the founders all were special, for sure. And and Brett Wilson at Two Mogul and then the other guys at Ticketfly, Dan Turi and Andrew Dreskin at Ticketfly. So those are the ones that have, like, changed my life in terms of, like, I can't believe I was there at the beginning, helping sit in the room with those people. It's like now eight companies that have become, you know, you know, when almost you billion dollar them, companies. Did, you did knew you right different? away. Okay. Yeah, you just knew right away. Because like they, okay. Yeah. And, and so you're always trying to find that magic. I guess it's the same for musicians when they're trying to yeah, collaborate yeah. with different different teams. And then there's other ones where you just love the founder and, and you're rooting for them. And it's just hard to, to make everything go right because, you know, LifeLock, you know, Todd Davis was just a simple, simple pitch from day one. It's well. Like, you know, my, you know, one of the ones I'm invested in, StockX. Um, I great mean, I, but Chuck Luber's great. He's he, now, uh, what? he's now not CEO. He's not CEO. They brought the guy from it's a great idea. Scott. Yeah. So they, but I was in the room, in the room where it happened when they're picking the logos out. When they're like, the, and, but I thought and, my story when I interviewed Josh and I got to get him on the show. He said, like basically, the, the what's his name? Dan Gilbert did, hijacked him. And like invited him to a basketball game, and then just locked him upstairs. Like not locked him up like a prison, but so like they were, said, I'm not going to let you leave until we do a deal. They're both. That, wor- they're, yeah, that's right. They're both working on similar. I'm not word hijack, but they both worked on similar. We're working on similar concepts. Uh, Josh had campless collecting data. Dan had his his kids. Five he had the kids. blue book of yes. Shoes. He had the Kelly blue book. You're yeah. good. You're good. Yeah. Kelly blue book of shoes. Yeah. Dan wanted to create this. He's like, this is ridiculous. Why is there price? There should be price discovery. Should be verified. Dan right. had this marketplace concept. Him and his sons were working on it yeah and luber was out in um philadelphia and he's like and he they reached out he came they flew him in for a Cavs game and he stayed and for like four days or he something. stayed for four days went sat front row a whole yeah. thing i give you more and then they figured out a deal and literally i mean i remember being in the room and they were picking up the logos the yeah. name they had four other names going at the time yeah. and so we're like voting on the names and you when you're seeing that you're like for that to be successful, you gotta you gotta seed that market, no. buyers and sellers, and they've had him come speak. The kid's a phenom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would have caught. He's like a savant at, at the shoe stuff. So, and we did Rally Row, which is kind of similar. Yeah. Um, but um, and I like the team just as much as I like Josh. I've only sat with Josh once. Ryan Spoon introduced me to him. I saw his TED talk, blew me away. And of all yep. the people that my son gets to meet, uh, that was his favorite. 
I think that was his favorite because he 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 gets this. My son doesn't buy any of this stuff because he has no money. But I've never seen a kid like my son know everything about fashion and 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 shoes. This we, is, this we, is, we were in Vegas. I took my son to Vegas. Funny story this week, and um, snuck him into Vegas with the fake ID. <laughs> and um, that went okay. It didn't go okay. We were officially banned from uh, the encore and win. We were escorted out of the casino by hand. And you weren't counting cards, were you? No, we were just trying to get into an EDM show. But uh, and the bouncers just looked at Max and said, "I don't care what that ID looks like. That's not fucking you." Yeah. And next thing you know, Max was like. They were ganging up on Max. It yeah, was yeah. it was it was pretty intense for him. For me, it was funny. So uh, <laughs> if you so had, had the, if you had had the farting device and did that, everyone could have laughed. Dude, I'm telling you, you can walk in there with a gun, but a yeah. 20 year old can't go into an EDM concert at, for for fifteen hundred dollars that we had paid and, and, and get into the show. The, the yeah. whole the whole country is bizarre in that way. Yes. So the we're sitting playing black, and he he his ID worked for blackjack. We're sitting playing blackjack. Who's sitting next to him? Kevin Sistrom. And I know Kevin. I've interviewed him. So I go, Kevin. And Kevin did not want to be bothered, but Kevin knows me. So they're sitting next to each other at a blackjack table. My son, who the dealer goes, I think you look 15. Like, my son hands the dealer his, his, his... it's my cousin. It's his. It's his first cousin's a year older okay. ID. And Max is like, Max is like shaking his hand. He hands the ID over, and they put it through under a black light. It's a. It's a legit. Yeah, driver's side. They hand it back. So Max gets his chips. I give him like uh, seventy-five bucks to bet with, and he he puts. 15, it's fifteen dollar minimum table. Max was like, "Well, that's an expensive." Sister, sister, sister was at the fifteen dollar table. Wow, with his buddies, he had his like okay. whole crew, and they're wearing. Supreme? Clothes, yeah. So they're wearing, and his sister's got to be 38, and he's wearing, he starts talking to Max, and he goes, Max, what do you think of these shoes? And they're like $4,000 all, I don't know, they're called oh. all whites or something? I don't know. And he's wearing like, do you know what all whites are? Okay. Yeah. And then he's got a t-shirt on with an X on it, and, and Max oh. goes, that's a $2,000 t-shirt. Oh, my God. And I'm like, how does, first of all, my son know that? And I go, second of all, who puts on a fucking T-shirt for $2,000? This is what's going on in the world. This is the only way these people can differentiate themselves. So Max and him, they're playing $15 blackjack, and he's wearing $6,000 worth of sneakers. And we're wearing like $60. That's a freaking thing. And I just start sweating because I go, Max, this is not good. Um, But he was unimpressed. By Kevin Systrom. He really but, was, but, but, but he by, by Josh Luber and everything, he was impressed. Yeah. Did you um did Systrom win or lose or bet a lot of money? Wasn't wasn't watching. He was there with a lot of people with Mohawk haircuts. Systrom's a great guy. I interviewed him. He's fucking super smart. Is he? I remember interviewing him when they were just four people. And I think they were bought when they were eight people, but I remember when it was just four guys sitting around a, a work desk like this. Yeah. And this and the and it was just blowing up. Did, should, did you know that that was gonna blow? Oh, that was already blown well, up. Well, yeah, we were already doing yeah. an interview for Stock Twits yeah. when, uh, but so lovely so, guys. So, anyways, back but, on topic. But, but one thing, everybody I, should discover. Everybody should yeah. have the joy of power law. Everybody should have their job. You, everybody should get the love power what law, they do. When Josh, I'm still in one story. Yeah. Cavs, Cleveland Cavaliers, Dan Gilbert, mm-hmm. we're in the Golden State Warriors Championship, still in a story. Josh Luber is sitting front row for a quarter or two. And is he living there now? In, Golden, in San Francisco or no, Detroit? Josh living in Detroit? Yeah, lives in Detroit. Going. So he's sitting in front row. Um, uh, what's his name again? Mark Benioff. His son of Mark, I think Mark Benioff's son, calls his dad and says, Dad, you're sitting two seats away from Josh Luber. Mm-hmm. So Josh Luber, Mark him introducing himself, and then Mark Benioff becomes an investor in StockX. Oh, Benioff's Benioff made probably, I would say, the best investor in the world. 
Could be. People don't know that, but I mean, he has access. He writes checks. He's I think he should have invested. I had someone pitch him on HubSpot when it was at fifty bucks. It's, mm-hmm. HubSpot was my pick of the year, like a year. And every couple of years, I have a pick of like you got to go all in. You did nail that one. I get HubSpot at fifty, mm-hmm. sixty, and now it's at two hundred. It's one of these SaaS plays that all. But these they com- continually evolve. The thing about that company, yeah. and, I, and and I have to say, I hate it because General Catalyst criminal organization oh yes, uh, yeah yeah uh is an investor and and actually the guy on the board is a guy I just can't stand oh but anyway so you know listen i think the lesson is bad people can get rich but uh the the actual product and 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 the way they've that market was not a big market it wasn't right. and they've just exploded the whole market they exploded and then they you just mentioned the pivot. And little companies use HubSpot. Yeah, and now they're using it for the CRM. It used to be like huge companies yeah. that use it. So the power law thing, now going back to your thing, is you find like a area and that's how like... You, you become can... an expert. It's like no, no different than Tiger Wood 10,000 hours. The sooner kids can find their passion, not every kid finds it at the same time. I was in my 30s before I figured out I even knew what a mentor was. I had bad mentor. So again, all we're trying to do with our kids and, and young kids, my nephews and stuff, is introduce them to things early in life that can get them excited. You know, my one nephew worked for Secfi. My another nec- nephew worked for Cloudflare in Austin. Oh, oh really? Another it's one like- of my nephews works for Indeed. These are kids whose parents were lawyers, doctors, yep. and accountants. And, and, and that's what they thought they were going to be. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's what I thought I had to be. Yeah, yeah. And there's no power law in a world where you're going to be a doctor. There's middle class and there's upper middle class. Yeah. But there's not real freedom. I've never met a, a 60-year-old lawyer that's happy. In fact, yeah. I talk, a lot of them are leaving in their 50s to just go take underpaid jobs so they can have some quality of life back because they're, cause it's a miserable existence. So, so you know, you there's a lot of myths about that middle class, whether yeah. it's coal miners, you know, how yeah, yeah. good was that era? Like people were dying from fucking asbestos. So you, do, you still do this shit because you love it. I love it because, first of all, all these companies need talent. And so I know people who have talent. Like it's right. so much fun helping companies hire people. The hardest part, and you know this from running your business, and we'll get into it in a sec, is actually recruiting for your own business. Because you may not think your business is the best, uh, and it's, you know, you want want people that you like to go work at companies that are exploding. Right, that's And it's very rare in someone's life to latch themselves onto a rocket ship. So to have seen it happen, uh, as many times as I've seen it happen, it's an it's a drug. Even though I'm not in it, it's it's a drug to be around it. You know, and it's involved. crazy. And Ever- that's what it used to be, probably for people who hung around backstage groupies with rock stars. And then they they take off. I you know what's crazy? Like you know the the power law you're talking about. Everyone like wants to be so smart, but no one really knows, including myself. I sold. I have my certificate of selling my Amazon shares at seven dollars. I keep it on my phone to remember. Mm-hmm. But then when they introduced AWS, I wrote an article for Real Money. And I think it was Doug Cass and Kramer ripped me. This is the demise of Amazon. Amazon, in the sense that um, they do e-commerce now, they're going to be selling hosting costs. And mm-hmm. I thought I was 26 years old, 27. I, be, I basically thought, okay, they're diversifying. They're going to cut their costs there. They'll minimize their hosting. This is a great thing. So I bought more shares. But yeah. then these guys who are way older than me, or older than that, way older, but older than me, and experts. Like, they okay, weren't I'm talking wrong. to the street level kids. If you would talk to people that were benefiting from AWS, right. all these little companies. That's when that's I mean, that when the boom at, started. It was like 170. You could trace back the boom in startups to AWS in a way, because. Uh, it's not just Twitter and Facebook, but they needed AWS. But it was the fact that all these little companies you look at Netflix could, on didn't AWS. have to buy Dell servers to get their whole – you didn't need to have three extra people to run your server I farm. mean, Netflix 
you use AWS, and that's like, I mean, that's and that's the thing. You're right. It's the younger person who's growing up on these products, the TikToks of the world. Yeah. Like they, they are the ones. I don't talk to anybody yeah. over forty anymore. You just, you just like it's, no. I mean, we talk to people who are twenty. What are you using? Yeah. Why are you using it? How do yeah. you spend your time? Where's your attention? Yeah. Uh, all right, so now let's go back into one thing that you did story. before anyone else. Another mm-hmm. thing I'll give you credit for: you shared your home screen, and sharing the home screen is identifiable trends. I used to go to the app store to look what is number one, two, three yeah. for investment ideas. Yeah. You sharing your home screen, so then you know what I started doing. I would go to like holiday Rosh Hashanah dinners, and <laughs> my nieces yeah. or these cousins would think I'm like a stalker, some weird guy. I'm like, can I see your home screen? Yeah, and like they didn't know what. Like, and less that's... signal in that today, but at the beginning there was. We've 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 in the home screen. We've left the app world a little bit. Yeah, and we've moved on to other things, which you know, which is what happens. All right, yep. so let's Benzinga. Yes, sir. This is your company. Yep, started in 2000. What does Benzinga mean? I it doesn't. I used to say it in this foreign language means something, but I was one of those kids. Um, was um, Excuse yeah. Excuse yeah. you. Okay. Um, he's getting better at it. But I was one of those kids that was a slow learner. I, my speech wasn't great. My, oh, oh, that was Jason, great. Jason, apologize. My grandfather would take me to speech tutor. We'd make up words, bunch of random so words. Did you have? You had. Uh, I was just, I, you like, were a slow kid. I don't even know what it was. They, they, the, did you? Were you born with white hair? Because you look, you look well put together. Those glasses, look, you spent a lot of time. Dude, it looks good. I a mean, little bit red skin, the white glasses. I need, what do you think? I need to lose some weight. Howard is Howard is very good at the weight thing. If I uh-huh. see him in like three weeks, Dr. Professor will be like, okay, you, like I need to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. And Phil yesterday was looks coming great. back to the team. Yeah, looks great. He gave me a whole lecture about this whole sugar thing. He got yeah. me on this stuff. I need to lose weight because I love when you say, Jason, you look good here. You know, yeah. when you and Ellen, you both look up to me and say, I look good. And that makes Maybe me feel Maybe once good. I've said that. You said it like twice out of like <laughs> okay. 10 times. But right now, um, I'm in the, the stage where I need to lose it. My well, wife's you're a like, CEO. It's a headache. Yeah. So um, Benzinga, the word was made up. Um, it's a word like when I was going to speech tutor. Um, back in like first grade, they said I never be able to read and that kind of stuff or to my parents. And can you? I can read. Okay. I can read. I went to Michigan, Ross School of Business, the whole really? fucking thing. It was called, and that was called Ross. I think Michigan, you know, I dated a girl there. I had to go to, I had the opposite. I was super smart and I was an underachiever. Yeah. So, and, uh, and I ended up at Windsor, which is basically take DeVry, knock it down a few notches, yeah. stick it in like the worst. We part of the United States. I went to school in Windsor. I don't know. Oh, University, University of Windsor. Windsor. It's oh for God. people. <laughs> God, it's, just, it's basically the gulag. Yeah. And it's where you go and you feel shame. Remember that Steve Martin thing? You yeah. feel shame. Uh, oh, no. Uh, no, that was from... Uh, I don't know. Movie. See, that's slap too, shot. That's so, slap so shot. I dated a girl. So I got my, one of my friends introduced me to... Uh, a girl in Arbor. Uh, yeah, Lisa Wax. I remember. Not and, Lisa, but... Yeah, so the Wax family are from... Uh, you still talk to her? No, I know. She lives in Alaska. She's an outdoorsy girl. And, um, but I had the best year of my life because it was like, it was Scotty Skiles at, at Michigan State. And it was like beginning of the Fab Five. No, it was Michigan. before the Fab Five, right? It was, it was, it was Robinson. Neil Robinson. So it was just before Fab yeah, Five. Yeah. But maybe one I of the Fab Five cha- was there. No, but I think you won a championship. Yeah. So I would go yeah. back and forth. Wait, to were you those there in 89? I don't even know when you were there. So I was there in 89. You won a championship. That's what it was. It was Terry Mills, Romilla Wobbs, Robinson. Mills. The Fat Five was like a few no, years No, but there later. was another guy, too. It wasn't just – It was there were some you. great players. But it was, was Roger Amberg there? I d- didn't know Roger at the time. Okay. But anyways, I ended up – It should have been the worst year of my life. 
I got my shit together because I had this girlfriend in, yeah. in Michigan. She lived with five other girls. We were like, it was like I was this cool dude in Michigan that would drive down 30 minutes. It was only 30 minutes yeah, from, yeah. from uh, Windsor over the bridge. Yep. Uh, go to Michigan. Then I would go on, go to the field house to watch Scotty Skiles play and beat up people after the game. Yep. Uh, and he was probably, I think he was one of the most exciting college players ever. Yeah. It was Scotty Skiles for what he was. Yep. And um, so that would turn out to be a great year for me. I have great memories of Michigan, even though I would go to Greek town and Mexican town and just watch crime happen from so, a restaurant. So like I would be in a restaurant. I'd be this close to the window, and right outside the window, they'd be bashing cars and lighting them on fire. So I was like 18 years old going, I can't believe I'm watching this. I hear you. Detroit is the opposite of that now. So Dan Gilbert, with the start of him, he came down during the Detroit bankruptcy. He started buying buildings, owns like 80, 90, 100 buildings. Um, I do stuff with him, but he Detroit is on a whole renaissance. No, no. If you come there, I'm going to get, get you there for a big thing we're yeah. doing in a, six months. But you're going to come and you're going to see. No, you're giving this. You're going to be. You can't. You can't talk about. It, you have to experience it. I, I'm with you. I've heard great things. I've seen documentaries, but at the same time, uh, I'm sure it's doing better than what it was. But when I was there, it was fucking scary. It was like watching another world it was like beirut and but i'd go to mexington it was great food I'd go to greek town it was great food yeah, yeah. you know yeah. i never had a problem i'm okay. just saying there was like a world going on that if you made the wrong turn well, you're you, just well you're survived to live it you know yeah, yeah. so so benzigi started in michigan yeah and so the thing i was saying about me he's an underachiever overachiever when a t- when a lrc mrs kent told my parents on her to read it created this insatiable appetite to be successful. When people mm. tell you no. I started a financial media company when there's a thousand financial media companies. That's true. So we, you did. You did. You've done Herculean work, and I've done like brokered reviews, so like a bunch mm-hmm. of different random sites like that. Mm-hmm. And where I've built technology, I said online dating sites in 2000. I took every niche. Mm-hmm. So I own Michigan Jews, Michigan Indians, Chicago Jews, Chicago Motor City Singles, Picky Singles. Back in 2000, I had 20,000 members. This was 2000 to 2002. But back to the Benzinga thing. There was a hole in the market for small cap news. Everyone was covering the Facebooks, Googles, but no one was covering small cap. That's how this started. But no one was covering. Was it an interest of yours, or you just saw a hole? He, oh, hugely. Oh, so you, so I was living at Eastern University in 2000, and I'm obsessed with the stock market. Okay. You can ask me any CEO name, I would tell you. I was Got a it. fucking loser, mm-hmm. obsessed with the stock market. Just mm-hmm. honest. I was literally. I have tapes of CNBC. Did you have I, white hair? <laughs> <laughs> um, I should have. tapes of CNBC. Say no more. VHS. Yeah, it was. Okay. Say no more. So I literally would take these companies and I'd reach out to the CEO and I said, I lived on East University. I said, I was East Capital. The CEOs would start writing back to me. And I'd go to Yahoo Message Boards and post. All of a sudden, the stocks would move when I'm posting. Hmm. Stockman 7, I'm posting these things and the stocks are moving. I didn't know what I had. Mm-hmm. I should have went to a hedge fund then because I really was good at research mm-hmm. and I found out really impactful stuff. And then after 9 11 happened, I was got even way better. I found these companies. And many years later, eight years later, I'm like, why isn't there a crowdsourced small cap news feed? So you take Twitter. So mm-hmm. no one was using Twitter as a news source, and they were not right. using it. Stocks were using it as a social, everyone to curate their opinions. I was looking at for to find the experts who were like at the FDA and like tweeting stuff undercover. So I used so I used Twitter as like the social thing to write news on small cap companies. Mm-hmm. So I'd break stories. And what happened was brokerages changed their model, and they're like, hey, if you can cover the whole financial sector. 
the whole you know market will switch to you guys. Mm-hmm. So basically, all these brokerages, or most of them, have switched to us for financial news and data, like this the data. And we have so a cool. we have a newsroom of like thirty <clears throat> people. You and grinded it, and you built a great business. Grinded it, and um, that's exactly you know. And it's like a hustle. We do find we do what now we do like a cannabis. It's like people like think it's oh you know overplayed whatever maybe there's some things, but like we do, we're going to do a Benzinga cannabis event in Chicago October twenty second. And literally, there'll be a thousand people there. Four hundred companies, five hundred investors that are looking to put money in these yeah. next things. That who have the who have land, you know, it's like the whole thing. And then, uh-huh. and then I just like see holes. Like there's all these award shows. Like there was nothing for fintech, uh-huh. so we created the BZ Fintech yeah, Awards cool. in November twenty second. You should be there. We should give you the I award. I told you that that would have been. Sucks. should have done like an Academy Awards, and it, we should have just goofed on all this stuff. Yeah, because you could do. I mean, you, like Josh Brown hosts that. He's hilarious. But you and Josh should hilarious. do a comedy show. Yeah, I, I think. Our, I think what you and I appreciate about their industry is that it's funny. Like they're not funny. Yeah. It's uh, and I, you know when I started Wall Strip, the whole idea was let's just harpoon these people. And you know what? Greatest was, greatest show ever. Yeah. Thanks. I'm it, not kidding. Right now, you guys should take a clip and go off and show the Wall Strip one of them playing. Uh, we didn't start. Come on. Remember Howard? Do it. Let's go. But, but you don't the, remember it? I remember you make all me look that. Silly I, now. I dread. It's amazing. Uh, you know, Who was the lady? Who was the, the uh, Lindsey Campbell? But the the whole point of this is, I was inspired by Letterman. Uh, what's his name from Comedy Central? Who's um, I know who you're talking about. Um, uh, come on, guys, Comedy Central. You bring us. Oh we're having a double senior moment. Yeah, he's only the most the best talk show host ever. Yeah, but ever. it was Johnny Carson, David yeah. Letterman, and then what's his name? And uh, so the idea was, let's just do my fantasy forever and you can relate to this because you have these same fantasy because we're both bizarre is having a talk show yep. late at night like this yeah and i'd be smoking i could smoke cigarettes i could smoke weed i could smoke cigars i could do a bong hit yep. i can take you know do an adderall do an ad- i wanted to do this silly show with the smartest people in the world who weren't famous but were famous because they had money and we'd talk about how their broker screwed them or what's the worst investment they ever made i can't believe that show had never been done so so I remember pitching Fred Wilson, and that wasn't what I pitched him, but I pitched him the idea of, like, let's do Kramer, but with someone who doesn't understand the markets. Yep. You know what I mean? And we're going to educate Lindsay. that person, and we're going to – and the easiest thing to educate them about is about trends and catalysts and stocks at all-time highs. And by the end of it, Lindsay was totally into it. Lindsay's into the markets, and, and that was my idea. Instead of, like, some guy who thinks he knows everything yelling, let's spin the whole model in the, in the YouTube generation. So, you know, we got a lot about it right, and um, – there's still a hole. I just wonder. There's still a hole for this. But, again, you have to really want to make a show. It's, the problem with content is you make it and it's worthless. And Even Johnny Carson stuff. Like No one thought that they'd be going back 30 years and making CDs about it and selling them as packages. Because once content's made, it's like dead. Yeah. And so it's a really terrible business. And so, so I don't want to do it again. But really, I'm shocked that there's not... A, a, a comedy meets entertainment late night talk show about money and power and and because no matter how much fun you make of Goldman Sachs, they would watch. No matter how much fun you make of Jamie Dimon, he'd watch the show. Yep. If you're making fun of like those people, may, they're not going to complain because they can't because who are they going to complain to? And secondly, they're going to watch. So got, you have the best demographic in the world. Okay, so I got two things to say to you. On the, if CBS didn't buy in Wall Street for like the five million at that time, I wonder if you would eventually got into doing a show like that. I don't think you would. I think you would have stayed at the Wall Street type thing, the, the quick clips. It wouldn't have worked. 
yeah. then it kept working. Yeah, well, yeah, it got boring. Yeah, you had you had to keep it going. And now Twitter came along, and that might have helped it. But I'm glad we we got rid of it because in the end, content's a trap. It's an ego play. And but here's and the thing: it's so much. So hard here's work. The, one of the editors um, of Gawker. The man, mm-hmm. uh, so we are looking to hire like editors for Benzinga to get the content more sexy, etc., mm-hmm. more link sharing. You know what they said to me? So you just like you said, Jamie Dimon would watch. All these guys would watch, which I agree. Mm-hmm. So Gawker's thing was, everyone's going to write the news of the day. So if Tesla, Elon Musk, everyone's going to write it. But you, you talk to, let's say a CEO talks to 100 people a day. The one thing they're going to remember a day is who called them an asshole. Yeah. So whenever Gawker wrote an article, they made sure to call you an asshole. They, yeah. That was their business model. Because they knew that the CEO would remember the person that called them an asshole. Absolutely. And so they went around the whole day, and that's how Gawker got through the noise. Yeah. So whatever the story was, it could be like Mother Teresa, they're going to figure out a way to yeah. make her, you know. Our little hook was the opposite, Oprah. So there's Oprah or Montel. So I was of the, I had two things. You can either be Montel Williams or Oprah Winfrey. What's that mean? And I don't mean know. Meaning you'd be a miserable prick. And Montel probably not a miserable prick, but that was the angle he took. And yeah. be rich. Yeah. Or you could be Oprah, which is like, all you know, friendly and nice. So you can remember for two ways. Make them laugh and make them smile. Got it. Which is harder, but that leads yeah. to real money. You're Oprah. Right. Yeah. Or be miserable and go into the bottom of the barrel yep. and be remembered, but be a miserable prick. Got and it. you're never going to make as money, much money being a miserable prick. Yep. I mean, maybe Trump is breaking that. He's broken the mold. He yep. he turned being a miserable prick into president of the United States. So, so I would say he switched again. But it, before that, it was Oprah. So my pitch to Fred was, let's do a show about all-time highs. Because you know what? The CEO... It's company's doing well. He's going to share the video. It's going to be funny. He's going to share the video with his whole team. You know what I mean? So what happened with us is even though the shows didn't get a lot of views, when we did the Adobe uh, uh, Streak show or the, you know, uh, the uh, Streaker, that was the Adobe Flash. And so the guy would just walk down the street, ask Adobe questions in a raincoat and flash people. It was really funny. He didn't really flash anyone. No, he he had underwear on. But he he was a great actor and he would just ask people questions and flash them. I was wondering if Chelsea Handler does that. And Adobe thought it was the funniest thing. Oh, and they shared it and stuff? They they ran it at their uh, events. Oh, that's great. So we weren't like a mainstream thing, but we got our videos viewed by the right people. And that's that's what's powerful. Yeah. So anyway, so content is more about that. Like I think everybody's trying to get views. And I think the lesson is, like Gawker did the same, it was who was reading. Yeah. Gawker was ex- worth the money that it was worth. I mean, they fucked it up. But Gawker was worth the money it was worth because it was the influence. It wasn't so much everybody had to read Gawker. It was who read Gawker. That's, the, that's powerful. And, like, for Benzinga, the way we go about it, everyone, like, puts their opinion in news. And what we do is with three things. One, we say, here's the news. If you believe this, here's a bullish way to go on about it. Here's a bearish way. So our articles either should be action-oriented, inspirational, or something that's going to help you. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. The rest is bullshit. Yes, if someone does like Bernie Madoff, we're going to cover it. But try to help people in life. Try to give them more time in their day, more utility. And that's you know that's that's hard to do these and days. And so, what, how many kids do you have? I have three: eight, uh, to Riley, Josh, and Aria. And how old? Ten, eight, and three. And are they good students? Um, three year olds not in school yet. No, but she's pretty funny. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're you know they're ten and eight and three. You know, I'm trying to get them to read more. I. I Unhooked the TV for the summer. It didn't do shit because they went to the iPad. So yeah. I really lost on the TV. No, enough. I think reading is one of those losses. My daughter came of the age, you know, Kindle was the tech. So, okay, so she Kindle, was she, she, she was still a rare. I think if she had been born in the iPad age 
and started reading. Back then, I think it's, kids are not as big a readers anymore. Wait, is Rachel smart? She's a voracious reader. I, you know, so she's both smart. my kids are smart. She's just at another level because I think she read. She reads it, endlessly. So I'm saying, is she a good writer? I don't think she's a good I don't, I writing's different than reading. But even though you're a great reader, writing's in your soul if you read a lot, but you have to practice writing. That's Just right. because you read a lot does not mean you'll be a good writer. Yeah, it yeah. means you have the potential to be a good writer, but you got to practice. And next up, I got Morgan here to talk yeah, about yeah. that stuff. But the Morgan's amazing, right? But yeah, and, and, and writing is just that thing that I think the next generation, the, the kids that write, have a huge edge coming into the next 20 years. You have to be able to help your company get their message across. You have to be able to build copy. You have to be able to tell stories. And writing is still the way to win hearts and minds. Video's cool, video's viral, but consistent writing is the way to win hearts and minds. Part of, will, yeah, part of how I got into all this is James Altucher. So I wanted to work for Dan Loeb from Third Point. I started the Dan Loeb day, uh, Weekly Digest. I give him stock picks every week. Altucher was helping me, and we and then one day I, I said, I said, I said, Dan Loeb, I'm tired. Uh, I'm tired of seeing. I want to. I want to come join Third Ab, Third Avenue. Yeah. I wrote the wrong name. He's Third Point. He goes. Good luck. Third Point. I just stole. A, I was just in his office. Wow, you were at Third yeah, Point. Yeah. So I'm. I'm literally. So uh, Dan Loeb writes back. Because he, he loved my stock. He, did, he was pissed I put him on the street.com. He's like, dude, don't put these out. These are great, thought out things. He's like, this is before Lehman and all this stuff. So I'm like, I'm done writing these things. Or let, I want to join you at Third Avenue. That's what I wrote. I didn't catch my mistake. <laughs> and he go, and so and then I then I catch so it. So he was insulted? So I sent it to Altusher. Mm-hmm. Altusher says, okay, Jason, you're screwed. Now go back to your go to your other two guys. Well, you know Altusher's a savant and he can mm-hmm. write to ten V yeah. these these weekly digests I spent a lot of time on. Yeah. I didn't have another no, he's backup. He's a great writer. And so so da- so so Altucher goes, Give me two minutes and I'll c- I'll get right back to you, Jason. He goes, send this back to Dan, basically. He helped me. Yeah. I go, Dan, I just wanted to make sure you're reading this. So I was messing around. He's like, I like a sense of humor. Come meet with me next week. Cool. And it was, that was um, right. But that's I the writing. The very funny Dan Loeb story. You do? Recent. So my friend Matt Ober, who Our were, family, great guy. Me, me, yeah. he, he, he was at WorldCon. Now he works for Dan yep. running. Um, we love Matt Ober. Love the guy. Genius. Would back yep. him in a minute. Yep. Try, always trying to convince him to start a company. The... Um, just was way ahead of the curve, way in the dark areas of data in at working at, at WorldCoin. And you know, he hustled too. He was on, he got a job Dude, from Craigslist. He's a legend. His brother works for Twitter. Anyways, um, he just got married too, Matt. Yep. So Congrats, Matt. He uh, hits me up. He goes, You got to meet Dan. I'm like, eh. I'm like, Look at me. Like, this is, I'm not presentable. And I don't even know what Dan looks like. Like, I'm not into this stuff. So I don't even know what Dan looks like. And, and see, But would, uh, he goes, you got to meet Dan. He's going to love you. Yada, yada, yada. So so I'm unprepared. And I go, I, there's no, I'm not pitching. I have nothing to pitch. So I don't have an idea. So I go to Loeb's office right on Park Avenue. Yep, it's and beautiful office. And, dude. I mean, it's like, it's what you see in billions. Yeah. I should have just taken some, like, a Tide pen and, and wrecked some of his paintings. You, you should have brought uh, the art thing, too. Yes. Dan, listen. The uh, so I, I, I sit down. It's a beautiful conference room. I'm dying to hear the story. Right yeah, now. and I'm sweating a little bit. I'm just not good in these meetings. And uh, he comes in, and you know, there's no way he was unprepared for this man. He's Dan fucking Love. So the first question is like, who are you know? Why am I here? And it's bullshit because Matt over had had primed him. So I'm immediately off guard. Yeah. So I go into my background, and I'm not prepared to go through. What start of my background do I start with? And yeah. how long is this meeting? Like, I don't know. Why Golf. am I even here? So I'm sweating already. 
And so he's already put me on defense. What were you wearing, though? A nice shirt. Okay. And I, but, you know, I was uncomfortable. I wasn't wearing Lulu or anything. I wasn't wearing sandals. So okay. I was way out of my element. Yep. And about 30 seconds into my background, he goes, you remind me of somebody. And he goes, Ron Papil. You know, Ron Papil. Okay. And I immediately was like, it was like, a, it was like a left, like straight to my, and Matt Ober is like 11 years old. He doesn't know who Ron Papil is. And I immediately was just shaken. Because to me, it was like the insult of, of okay. and so we, Matt and I laugh about this all the time right yeah. now, because every time I meet, I go, that motherfucker <laughs> punched me right You're between so the eyes 30 did, seconds did of the meeting. Did, did, so did, I couldn't concentrate the rest of me, because so Ron Papil. He's like the he, workout guy, right? No, he is oh. like the guy who would sell, like, he was like the original Ginsu guy. That's he would go I mean, on TV the, for yes, hours yes, and sell yes, shit. Yeah, like, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's so what he said. Basically, he was oh, calling yeah, he me a commercial. Yes, yes. Basically, he. Oh, my God. And so, so I was just. By the end of the meeting, I was like sweating. It been like I was in a marathon, and, and he pulled every trick in the book. Like twenty minutes into the meeting, his secretary came in and said, "You know, I want to remind you about your." I mean, yeah, every yeah. you knew what was going on. Like, why was I in this meeting? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so finally, we, the meeting ends, and I'm just drenched. And I'm like, Matt, why did you do it? <laughs> Matt goes, "I think it went great." And I'm like, well, you don't know who Ron Papil is. Like, mm-hmm. go look it up. So he Wikipedia is Ron Papil. And, he, and so to this day, he goes, I don't think he meant it as an insult. And I'm like, you don't understand. I think you should send Dan uh, like juicers and shit now. Yeah, like, I should I, really do that. But I don't care to be in that world. I don't see, think his life is any better than anybody else's. I know we got to end in shortly because we have Morgan and stuff. But um, here's my hustle. So I love those. Like, I, you know, we sell news and stuff. So I wanted to meet David Einhorn. I freaking paid to play in a poker tournament, okay. a, a Hillel one. Mm-hmm. It was twenty five hundred. Okay, <laughs> what's the what's the play? Thirty cent hands. Twenty five hundred dollar buy, and I'm like, this is way over my thing. Okay. So Everybody I get, was nervous. So I get there, no, but there's all these hedge fund guys. I, oh. I find out later that who's the Tepper? He buys his whole team the entries. Everyone's Got buying it. their own thing, and I come with my money. This is like four <laughs> or five years. I'm like, I'm not gonna get. So I'm twenty five dollars. I'm gonna do my best. Try and make it. I want to the, the fi- I want to get to the final table, yeah. and. Anyway, then we're at the thing, and they're like, rebuys. I'm like, rebuys? I'm not rebuys. I'm not rebuying. So I'm literally, I'm not that great of a poker player. I'm literally the most focused guy in the history of the world. You can't even imagine. You couldn't, I was watching everything. I was doing whatever things. Well, anyways, I have it on video and stuff. I get to the final table out of 200, no, out of 300 people. I won a trip to like, New, um, to wherever. What about Ackman? So no, Acton was in it. Einhorn was in it. Tepper was in it. But who'd you get to meet him? So Tepper I sat next to. We, he was the second on final table. He got out. I got to the final table with um, David uh, Einhorn. Oh, no, Einhorn. David Einhorn. That's green, green light. Is that a toupee <laughs> that he wears? Oh, oh that's interesting. Oh, I don't that think has so. To be a I don't know. I don't know. I would have had to afflict him oh. if I was sitting there. So okay. anyways, you're sitting so there So I'm the next Einhorn. to him. We're like six people left. And he goes all in, and I have pocket tens. And I and I fold them. I, I go, I'm folding my pocket tens because I'm here, dude. I paid $200 to meet you. And, be, and like, he goes, and he, he then, he goes, you cannot fold that. You can't do that next time. He starts calling me, like, I, he's, he was very funny. I don't want to uh-huh. say. He was very funny. Maybe so he bluffed he, you he, out. No, I folded because I don't want him to lose. I wanted to play with him longer. Uh. And I showed him, the, I, I paid the money. For, I didn't even care about winning. I Got came, it. And then, so the next hand comes. That's why you're not a billionaire. The next hand comes pocket queens. 
and he goes all in. I called him and then knocked him out. And I have the oh, video. you knocked him out. I knocked David Einhorn out you. and have it on right. video. And um, and he's uh, so. Well, next it. time you're in Phoenix, stop in. I don't think we talked about anything that we yeah. meant to talk about, which is it, why a podcast is good. Yeah, if you Benzinga, if you ever want to get in touch, I'm Jason at Benzinga. Good point. If you're around New York at JasonAtBenzinga.com. If you're around New York in November, come to the BZAwards.com or mm-hmm. BZ Cannabis in Chicago. Um, it's just fun stuff. We try to get connect investors to companies, companies to investors, mm-hmm. and. Um, and, you know, get excited. Doing awesome stuff with Stockschwitz, too. Um, and it's fun being at the infancy of all this stuff. I mean, I was there before the thing existed. Yeah. Like I, That's I what you want kids site. to believe. We didn't have to get rich off of it. We have the stories. I mean, kids I li- need stories. I literally remember the old site. I remember exactly what it looks like. It's, it was a Tumblr site. It was, but the thing is, is even with my son, it's like these kids don't have the stories. So this Vegas need, story, even though it went wrong, you, you know, I looked at Max later that night because we were in bed. We had a, like, a, you know, we were hotels. And I was like, you know, it's, he was really bummed because now he's lost his ID. And so he's got no game for the next six months until he turns 21. I go, listen, you shouldn't have been doing this stuff anyway. And I said, this is a funny Vegas story. We are yeah. literally banned from the encore. It's and unbelievable. And you know, what's screw- you know what sucks here, Max? Every single person I know, all these girls from my high school, when we were in high school, 17 years old, every single one I know, maybe like 20, flew to Arizona. All you had to do was bring a birth certificate and a random picture and got real fake IDs <laughs> in that He's DMV. another one. Yeah, okay. So. All, All right. right. Well, thank you, Howard. Um, right. I'm on Twitter, Jason Rasnick. See you guys later. All right. Okay.